holy obedience. There was something shocking that happened in the Catholic news yesterday. It's kind of in the midst of weirdness now. It was announced that Father Frank Pallone of the Priest for Life was removed from the clerical state. Father Frank has been a, a bold proponent for the gift of life, speaking and working against abortion for many years. I've, I've met him. I've been inspired by him. I've learned from him. And so it's, it's just interesting. And now, what do we know? We know that we don't know a whole lot, right? That there's always more to the story. But, you know, the, the statement that was made um, in, the, in the Catholic press was that you know, he had been involved in partisan politics, and his bishop had asked him to step back and be quiet about some things, and it says that he didn't do that. It just seems like a big reaction, and, and again, I don't know what's going on there, but, it, but on, on one level it seems like, okay, even if, even if there's things astir and wrong, that, that Father Frank and you and I, that we are, we are called to holy obedience, we're called to trust, that, that even if there's an injustice happening, that the God of justice will make it right. That it's not my job to make everything right. It's not my job to be a crusader seemingly against the church at times, maybe. Or My job is to be faithful. And, and so I guess I tell you about that on one hand so you can pray for him and, um, and whatever's going on there. But also I think it just, on the outside, just, it, it raises the question of obedience. St. Thomas Aquinas talks about obedience and he says that obedience is understandable even in the natural order. That even the human person, like we have the higher order within us, which is our intellect. I have, we have the lower order, which is our, our passions, our appetites. And so, so even though I, I want to eat 18 cookies, my intellect tells me, okay, cookie monster, slow down. <laughs> like the intellect is a higher order and it governs the lower order. And so even at a natural level, we can see that that, that obedience, that there's, there's goodness and that there's virtue in obedience. Or, you know, for students, right, I want to go hang out with my friends, but my intellect says, I've got a paper due tomorrow that I don't want to put off until tomorrow. And so it, it's meant to go. No, now, what happens when I don't listen to that? When, when I let the lower passions overrule the higher ones, well, then I wake up tomorrow and I'm stressed and then I pull an all-nighter and, and all the other responsibilities go out the window, you know, of, uh, well, I guess I didn't pray, I didn't brush my teeth, I didn't, whatever, you know. Or, so, so Thomas Aquinas says that we are to be obedient when someone who's entrusted with authority guides us in an area within the scope of their authority. So when a police officer says, slow down, that, that that's within the scope of their authority, and so we, we slow down, right? And so you can ask the question, what's under God's authority? 
Well, everything. But it also says that if God is the highest and I submit myself to him and to the authorities he's put over me, that in the end, if I, it's, it's not about what, it's about will I be obedient? Will I trust that if I'm faithful to that, that God will do something really good? That, that I'm trusting more in God and what he's asking me to do than what I can see from my own perspective. I lay all that out to set up what we see happen in our gospel today. That here's Joseph, and he's got a plan to marry Mary, right? That, and he's already betrothed to her, which at the time is basically married, but they're just not living together. And, but then he finds out that she's pregnant, bound with child through the Holy Spirit. And so he's sitting there saying, uh, gosh, what are my options? How am I going to handle this? Okay, I've got a plan. I'm going to divorce her quietly. And, and this angel appears and says, do not be afraid. Now, why would, why would Joseph be afraid? There's different speculation. We're speculating at this point. But on one hand, you know, the people in that town, Nazareth is not a very big town, and they would know that Joseph and Mary were basically married but not living yet together, and yet all of a sudden Mary's pregnant. Well, that's a problem. And so maybe, maybe he's afraid that, that he's going to receive a lot of ridicule, persecution, actually even at worst, that they could be stoned. So he could be afraid of his, for his own life, but, but maybe Joseph, and it's okay to believe this, a lot of people believe this, that Joseph recognized Mary is giving birth to the Savior. Mary, like, this is my Savior. Like, who am I to have to help raise God? That he felt maybe intimidated, overwhelmed, unworthy of what God was asking him to do. And so from that fear that he kind of, you know, said, I don't, I don't want to do this. Which maybe we can identify with at times that when God asks us to do something and we're like, I can't, I can't do that. Will you help serve on the retreat? I don't, I don't know. You know, would you help lead a Bible study? No way. Like, who am I to do that? And, and when we say yes to that, it's not about our ability to make great things happen. It's actually... A trust that God can do incredible things when I say yes. And so the angel appears and says, do not be afraid. And he has reason not to be afraid because, as 1 John 4 says, that perfect love casts out all fear. That when I, when I know that God loves me, I have, and I know that God's going to work everything out, I, I don't have to be afraid. And so Joseph says yes, that he listens, that he's almost saying, I, I trust more in what God's saying than in my own plans that I could do, that I will do what God asks. Let me ask you this. Did God need Joseph? Isn't that interesting? I hadn't really thought about that before until I was praying about it. But um, God, you know, we need Jesus. God invited Mary to say yes so that his plan would come about. 
But the Holy Spirit, you know, is there. That on one hand, you could say that Mary didn't really, we didn't really need Joseph. But God wanted Joseph to be a part of the plan. And so he invites Joseph to say yes. He, he invites Joseph's own obedience. And, and I say it that way because I could, we could ask this. Does God need you and I to bring about his plan? God's plan is going to happen with or without us. But he invites us to be a part of it. Like, um, like if you think about a wave, like you're, you're in the ocean... Um, I've tried surfing the last couple summers. It hasn't always worked out. But So here, here comes the wave. The wave is coming whether I like it or not. God's will is happening whether I agree with it or not. Now, I can choose to get in and say, no, I don't want your will to be done. And that hurts. That wave is going to hit us hard and throw us for a loop. And it's still going to happen. Or I can choose to say yes and cooperate with the wave and come in, and it's going to be awesome. And so God invites us, through the virtue of obedience, to say yes and cooperate with what he's doing. And it's actually a blessing for us. He doesn't have to do that. God doesn't have to invite us into his plans. But he chooses to. Because he loves us, and he wants what's best for us. And so, as we say yes, I love, I love the psalm today. Let the Lord enter. That, that you and I are invited that through our yes, through our obedience, we're actually allowing the Lord to enter more deeply into our lives. Here's a couple examples, students. So, students, we just finished finals, right? What obedience says, I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to trust in God that however my grades turn out, it's going to be okay. That I, I trust more in God and what he's doing than in a facade of good grades. Secondly, uh, an example. So Father, you may have heard last weekend Father Will Schmidt announced that Bishop Dolan has asked him to lead a spirituality year for seminarians down in Phoenix starting in July or whatnot. And so it kind of continues seminary formation in our diocese, but that means he's going to leave here. And so Bishop asked him, and Father Will could have said no. He has freedom. But he said yes, trusting that, that as he says yes to God's will, that it's actually going to be what's best, not just for the seminarians, but even for all the people in Flagstaff that he's spiritually responsible for. And people have asked me, they're like, hey, how do you feel about one of your good friends moving away? I was like, of course I love having him here. But as much as I love having Father Will close, I actually like God's will more. That I want God's will to be done, even if it means my friend lives farther away or whatever. Um, a third example I was thinking of, yesterday I celebrated a wedding in Phoenix for two alumni of NAU. And they were so excited to be married, and everyone was looking at them, and they were making comments like, you guys are so lucky. Like, I, and and, and the, the, they were saying, some people were saying, like, I, I want to find, you guys are perfect for each other. I want to find that perfect person for me. You guys are so lucky. 
But I'm sitting there because I know this couple and I've walked with them. I was like, you're just seeing the surface. You just see the effects. You see the joy. You see the peace, the happiness. I said, you don't see how when they came to college, how they came to Mass every Sunday. And when they needed to, because we're human, they would go to confession. And when they, when they moved back to Phoenix to do student teaching and different things like that, that it would have been very easy to move in together, to save money. But instead, they said, no, we're going to trust in what God teaches through his church, that we're going to be happier even if we have to pay more money and do it this way. And so they, they live separately. And, and all those sacrifices, all that holy obedience, that it just made their, their wedding day that much more special. And it is interesting, like I was... <clears throat> I just finished a a class on human development, and there was a whole page that talked about statistics about like living together before people get married. And in this secular textbook, it it talked all about how statistically it people who live together before they get married, they're more likely to get divorced, that there's lower happiness and different things reported or whatever. And I'm like, this is a secular textbook, and it's objectively reporting on this. Now I don't have to go and study every statistic. I don't have to know everything. God knows that. That God teaches things. God reveals things through his body, the church. And you and I are invited in holy obedience to say, okay, Lord, I don't know. I might even disagree with what I see you doing, but I trust more in you and in your power and in your goodness than what I can see and understand for myself. And I trust that if I, if I am faithful to you, if I, if I put you first, even when I can't see where it's going to lead, that I, that I trust that you who fight for my happiness will give me my deepest desires. And so Joseph today is this, a witness for us a model, an invitation for us to say yes in holy obedience to what God is asking for us. And and by saying yes, that it opens me up to Emmanuel. That every yes to God, every humble submission, actually opens me up for God to be with me in a deeper way. That's why God invites us to holy obedience.